Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called According to his purpose Purpose It's his purpose Not Second John, the first chapter and the first verse reads this way. The elder to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the church. And not I only, but also all who know the truth because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. And that ends our reading for today. Dr. Darius Daniels has taught me, you do not correct bad teaching with no teaching. You correct bad teaching with sound doctrine. With that in mind, I want to share a story with you that happened while I was studying at Duke University in 2008. A popular prophet had come into town for a revival. People from all over the city of Durham flocked to this church to hear this man preach. The truth is, they wanted to hear him prophesy. He was known as a true prophet. And he was, for all intents and purposes, an accurate prophet. He was the kind of prophet who called out people's addresses, middle names, and exposed intimate details about a person that only someone with access to the spiritual realm would be able to know. Well, this particular prophet usually raised an offering after he finished preaching. This, for those who are unfamiliar, was the way he paid himself. Most often, when guest preachers or guest prophets raised an offering at the end of the sermon, half of the monies raised would go to the church. The other half would go to the prophet. So above preaching and prophesying, it was important for him to raise a solid amount of money so that he could basically pay himself. Well, 
The first call to the altar was for people to bring a $1,000 seed. It was like a Wednesday or a Thursday, and he had two more days to preach. $1,000 on a midweek service was a lot to ask for, but because a lot of people hoped that through giving this seed, they would also receive a prophecy, maybe 40 people ran to the altar to give. One lady ran down after a very long delay as the quote unquote prophet took his time to sing a hymn. During his singing, the people prepared their checks. When she got up to the front of the church, the guest prophet looked at her from the pulpit and said, woman of God, I see you standing to give your $1,000 seed. I'm glad you obeyed because before you walked up here, I saw a hearse outside of your home. A bullet was going to hit your son tonight, but because you gave, God blessed it and God blocked it. The crowd went wild because of this word. Another 100 people ran to the altar to give their seed. The woman was crying and I, too, was crying. I think we were crying about different things. However, I was disgusted, grieved and angry. As ministers of the gospel, all of us, no matter the title we tout or the Bible we tote, have a responsibility to honor God. As stewards of a church for which we did not die, we must be extremely careful not to become money changers in God's temple. To be clear, God does not make his blessings contingent upon an offering given. God as the scriptures declare, is no respecter of persons. God will not give more to one because they gave more and we are not blessed more because we give. We are blessed so we give. There is a difference. Now, a lot of people do things in church that I don't understand. And if you have peace with it, go with it. But this act turned my stomach upside down. Yes, it was an act. It belonged on Broadway. I was perturbed, not just because this man manipulated a whole church with theatrics and a fear tactic, but also because when one person does this, it taints the entire image of the church for all of us, including those who don't do this. This was the kind of false teaching about which the author of Second John was warning the early church. The writer was crystal clear about drawing a line in the sand between those who were preaching or promulgating misguided truths, satanic schemes and incorrect doctrine from those who were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, says the writer of John, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Jesus told Peter. James and John in the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and pray. In other words, don't close your eyes to things in church that are abhorrent and unbiblical. Turn over tables, sound the alarm, tell the truth. Why? Because many have gone astray because of foolishness like this. And if you remain silent while false prophets run rampant in our mega churches or storefront houses, cathedrals, temples or assemblies, you are complicit. You are also part of the problem. This thing convicted me so badly. I went home and wrote a song about it. I also wrote a title uh, of a play that I called Loving You is Killing Me. The song was about a woman who needed to break away from a very toxic relationship, but it was loaded with double entendres. I titled the song Pray With Your Eyes Open, and I want to play a little bit for you right now. Now, this was not done in a studio. You actually can hear like the airport sirens in the background, but I want you to hear the raw truth of what I felt God downloading to me because I couldn't wait 
to get to a perfect place to record. Here we go. Sometimes the thing you've been praying for is right before your eyes. The signs were always there. Why are you looking so surprised? You don't want to face the facts. You'd rather live in the fantasy land. But every fairy tale comes to end. Stop pretending you don't understand. You've got to pray with your eyes open. Get your face up off of the ground. You've got to pray with your eyes open. You're sitting there moping Sometimes we ask God for the answer to a question that's not even on the test. We pray for the good, but all we see is bad, and we settle for less than the best. You keep starving yourself and calling it a fast, but you choose to ignore the signs. If you think he doesn't have one of you everywhere, then you must be out of your mind.
to pray with your eyes open. Get your face up off of the ground. You've got to pray with your eyes open. You're sitting there moping around. You've got to. As I read these words and listen to this song again, I am convicted once again. Preaching isn't just about encouragement, y'all. By and through the Holy Spirit, some preaching will and should bring correction. I didn't write this song with this prophet in mind only, but I wrote this song thinking about the times when I had asked God to deliver me from something or someone I had no intentions on leaving. I knew my alliance was unfruitful. I knew that this relationship or this agreement was not bearing fruit. I knew that the situation was a distraction because darkness cannot comprehend light. I knew that the situation did not bring me closer to God. I knew God was calling me to a higher place in him and all this did was pull me further and further away. It was a stronghold that I wanted to hold on to. It was a stronghold that I chose to hold on to. It was a stronghold and strongholds are strong. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about me. For you, it could be a job that steals your joy, a relationship that diminishes your esteem, a position in church you know God didn't ordain, or a prophet mishandling God's word. Either way, God is asking you to pray with your eyes open. God is asking us to pray with our eyes open. If the tree isn't bearing fruit, cut it down. If after a year there has been no harvest, cut it down. People lie. Patterns don't. So pray with your eyes open. Full stop. Now, let me change gears and say this. Personally, I do believe in sowing and reaping. I believe in tithing. I believe in giving above my tithe. I believe in giving to pastors and giving honor where honor is due. All of that is fine in its place, but I do not believe God does for some what he will not do for others because they gave. God doesn't withhold from others because they did not give. Scripture says God sends rain over the just and over the unjust. God will still love you if you never give a dime. But as you grow to love him more, so too will your desire grow to support God's house, to support the kingdom of God. Acts 20:35 says in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. To this, I scream amen from the mountaintop. However, I do not believe God responds to an offering amount. I believe God responds to our faith. We see all throughout scripture these powerful words on repeat. The just shall live by faith. It was faith that Jesus felt when the woman touched the hem of his garment. It was faith that caused Jesus to go to Jairus's house to bring his daughter back to life. It was the lack of faith that disallowed Jesus from healing in his hometown. The just shall live by faith. Sacrifice in scripture is a biblical principle and practice that dates back to Cain and Abel. So yes, sometimes I believe God will prompt us to trust him in a radical way. Some church circles call this a sacrifice, but God causes us to trust him or asks us to trust him, not just monetarily, but holistically. Think about Abraham, David, Hannah, and Jesus. 
the list goes on and on. But God is not holding up your next blessing to see whether or not you gave a thousand dollars today. That is false teaching. It is bad theology. And as ministers, we must do everything with integrity, including how we handle, collect and disperse ministry funds. When Jesus tells his close friends, James, Peter and John, to watch and pray, he was exposing them to the power of spiritual sight. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. The more you stare into the deadening darkness of temptation and distraction, the more likely you will see yourself through that lens. But the more you see God as light in light, the more you will be exposed to the things that make God smile and to the things that break God's heart, to the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. This is the power of attentive prayer in action. So people of God, I implore you. Resist any teaching that does not honor God or communicate the gospel, no matter how pretty it is dressed up and no matter how many people like, follow and share. Please pray with your eyes open. All right, y'all. Y'all remember. In I don't know, what was it? Maybe middle school. Y'all remember playing the game Truth or Dare? <laughs> That's where I'm going with this. Truth or Dare was a game that could have gotten you really, really in some deep trouble. It's day 88 of our 90 day challenge. And when I read 2 John 1, I see truth or dare all throughout this text, because what he's basically saying is dare to tell the truth. This writer is saying, don't just do purpose, but tell the truth about purpose. In other words, don't inflate your numbers. Don't buy followers on social media. Tell the truth. If only five people showed up, only five people showed up. Tell the truth. If you really made $500,000, stop lying on your taxes. Tell the truth. Because I believe that the truth makes you free. The lie keeps you bound. And when you lie to get it, you have to lie to keep it. So this particular book tells us, I dare you to tell the truth. But going even further, it also encourages us to pass truth down through generations. When you tell the truth, you need to walk in that truth. You need to also walk in obedience because obedience is God's love language. And then you need to walk in love. Get truth, get obedience, get love. I dare you. Hallelujah. Friends turn away and you're all alone. Tell me what do you give when you give it your all and it seems like you can't make it through. Well, you just stand when there's nothing left to do. Just stand, watch the Lord see you through, and after you've done all you can, you just stand. Tell me, how do you handle the guilt of your past? Tell me, how. 
shame And how can you smile While your heart has been broken And filled with pain So much pain Tell me what do you give When you've given your all And it seems like you can make it through Child, you just stand When there's nothing left to do You just stand Watch the Lord see you through After you've done all you can You just stand and surrender after you've done all you can oh after you've done all you can you just stand 